1: Welcome to the Viking Age Podcast, the official podcast of the VikingAge.com. My name is Chris Chad. I'm a writer for the Viking Age as well as zone coverage and bring me the news. And joining me is my co-host and managing editor of the Viking Age, Adam Patrick. We do this every Monday and Thursday right here on the Viking Age YouTube channel. We are also available in podcast form on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So like, comment, share, subscribe so you never miss a new episode. Adam, I'm just going to start right now. I We don't need any trivia or whatever because my brain hurts just from <laughs> watching the game yesterday. Uh, the Vikings won in Buffalo 33-30 in overtime. Writing this outline was hard because I don't even know where to begin with this game. Uh, the Vikings lost just about eight different times. Uh, they became the first team to win in Buffalo after trailing at halftime for the first time since the 1960s. And there are about 20 different things the Vikings probably could have done better, but it didn't seem to matter. So um, I don't know. I'm, I'm just going to let you take the reins because I, I I honestly, I sent you an outline, but we could honestly just crumple it and just see where this thing goes because I that win was one of the most memorable Viking games that I've ever seen playoffs or regular season
2: uh 1000%. Uh I would just like to say that we don't need any more more questions or anything uh these Vikings are for real. I don't care if uh you know the bills shot themselves in the foot or whatever. Um pretty sure old Vikings teams wouldn't have taken advantage of that and this team this year took advantage of those mistakes. Um uh, went ahead Uh, multiple times, got the win in overtime, didn't give up when they were down 17 points uh, with about two minutes to go in the third quarter. Like, the game was ridiculous. There were so many, so many, so many ridiculous moments from, you know, the Patrick Peterson interceptions, the Justin Jefferson catch, the the Eric Kendricks fumble recovery for a touchdown, you know, the Gabe Davis... Catch that wasn't a catch. Um, Greg Joseph missed an extra point, Dalvin Cook's 80 yard run. Like, there was just so much that went on. It reminded me of, as far as like just how much stuff was packed into such a short amount of time. It reminded me of that, like, I think it was 2013, the Ravens and Vikings in the snow game when they scored like 24 points, like the final two minutes. Um, the Vikings didn't win that game, and it didn't matter if they won or not, it didn't mean anything. Um, they were terrible, but this game, you know, Josh Allen played. He was kind of questionable throughout the week with uh, an elbow injury. It looked fine. Uh The, the Bills were fine. Uh, he was chucking all over the field. The pass rush was there for the Bills. Uh, Stefan Diggs was making plays. They were running the ball well. Like they weren't like a shell of their, their team. They were the Bills. They were they were the super bowl favorite and the vikings went into their building and beat them it doesn't matter how they beat them it doesn't matter how close the score was how many mistakes what whoever how many mistakes either team made at the end of the day the vikings had more points than the bills they got the win and the bills got the loss this is in college football you get like some points for how many points you beat or how you did it the vikings won they are 8 and 1 And, uh, yeah, they, they made a big gigantic statement and I've seen people still like moving the goalposts and saying, well, you know, like keep winning these close games. It's like, that's what they do. This is what they do. Okay. This, this is, this is how they win. It does. You know, they make mistakes. They go, they, they get behind, but they, they don't give up. Like they could have easily, easily given up when uh, Kirk Cousins didn't get in on the quarterback sneak. It's like, Josh Allen got a couple yards, kneel the ball. But they didn't. The defensive players went in there and were like, we're going to make a play. We're going to, you know, whether it's a safety or a fumble recovery, we're going to make a play. And I don't think they do that the last couple of years. This, this team is different. They believe in themselves. has a lot to do with coaching and guys in the locker room. But but I'm I'm tired of hearing like, oh, well, they win close games. Everyone wins close games in the NFL. Like, what? How come when the Chiefs come back down when they're like down by 14 or 10, we're like, Oh, well, they, they keep trailing. Are they going to be able to keep this up? Yeah, they can. That's just what happens in the NFL. Teams get ahead. They lose leads and the good teams win close games. And that's what the Vikings are doing right now because they're a good team. They're eight and one. No more questions asked. They are a good team.
1: My favorite thing in the lead up to this game was Josh Allen's practice on Friday, that video that surfaced of him rent, like rent. on the field. Yeah. Just like the Sasquatch type <laughs> thing. just like, <laughs> you know, running, running into the locker room. We're going for now. Like, all right. Well, he's, he's going to play, obviously yeah. like, and according to the Vikings, they, they prepared the entire time for Josh Allen, which yeah. would have been disastrous if case Keenum did wind up making the start. If he just showed up like, oh. I can't grip the football right now, but, Uh, I, I, I know it's not like case Keenum was going to go. I I don't know. Maybe I'm just scarred by Cooper rush or whatever, but it, I agree with you. And and I think the number of people who have come out today and been like, well, this team's not for real. This isn't legit. Like, what, what are you, what are you talking about? I think it's shrunk considerably. And I think like most Mm -hmm. people are kind of in agreement. Like, I don't know if they're good but there's something going on here. Mm -hmm. And like you look at the teams that we've seen like since our birth. So you, you were born in 87. I was born in 86, Mm -hmm. totally dating, uh, dating ourselves here on the Mm -hmm. podcast tonight. But like, since we were born, like there's what I think four teams that have been like, whoa. And it's 1987. It's, 1998 it's 2009 and it's 2017. and each of those teams had a defining characteristic 1987 they were all fresh because of the player strike basically like they were a good team they were not seated where they should have been because they made a late charge in the playoffs and they probably would have been a top seed in the NFL that year had they played the entire season 1998 nuclear warhead Randy Moss offense. And they were just able to outscore people 2009. They brought in Brett Favre to uh, 2017. You had the defense and basically the heavens parting, for them to walk to a Super Bowl in their own backyard, and we know how those all ended. I mean, that's what you know. I talk to angry packer, Packer fans all the time, and they're just like, "Well, when when they miss a last second kick, you're gonna know." It's like <laughs> I know what's going to happen. It's like, what is the fun of just sitting here? I, I saw somebody comment today, to like, "Well, if the Vikings don't win the Super Bowl, then then it's just as ma- meaningful as a Week Seven, two thousand five game." Which I looked it up; they beat the Packers. So it's pretty much uh, uh, meaningful. And that was the uh, game that last game that Dante Culpepper played before his knee exploded. Mm -hmm. So that is actually a pretty uh, legit game in Vikings history. Thank you very much. But I mean, (laughs) you know, people who say that are just, you know, the miracle doesn't mean anything because they lost 38 to 7 last week. You want to tell me it didn't because I probably somebody's probably got a video of you. Jumping up and down and screaming and going, oh my god, when Stefan Diggs scored that touchdown! Yep. The defining characteristic of this team might just be that they have a John Cena level of resiliency. They never give up. And <laughs> you, you put it perfectly. Like kind of looking back at this game, and I know you told us not to do this last week, but I think back to the last two years. If you go back, if yeah. you go back towards the beginning of the Mike Zimmer regime, they maybe pull off a comeback like this. But I mean, like even in May, 2017, May. they never they never had a comeback like this, no, like no. where you were just like, whoa, they were in control of games from the jump. Their defense sat on them, and that's how they won games. This is a game where they were down 17 points and the Bills looked like they were going to run away with this thing when they yeah. were up 17 points. It's just like, should I flip on red zone? I don't know. I have to cover <laughs> this stuff like I, I don't know what to do right now and Dalvin Cook takes it to the house and even still you're just like all right furious rally whatever and you didn't feel like the Vikings were going to win this game until they're on top of the freaking goal line or I don't know Justin Jefferson pulling the greatest catch I've ever seen uh out of thin air like this team especially in that moment on the goal line they're just like no screw you we're we're winning this game mm-hmm. if that if they get stopped on the 20 or something like Josh Allen just takes a knee and he goes right. okay whatever the Vikings still fought well enough to get down to that goal line, make the Bills sweat and that they had to sneak it out instead of just, you know, just dropping back two yards and taking a knee like they had to do it. And to their credit, they lit up the center. They couldn't get the snap exchange and they were and they recovered the football. I mean, think about how nasty those piles are where they're mm-hmm. just like, no, F you. We're getting this football. We're going to win this game like that is it. And I mean, in the last two years, it was woe is us, but well, all these things are happening, all these injuries. Mike Zimmer wrote a freaking PowerPoint about all the things that went wrong. <laughs> Kevin O'Connell, like this team is just like Kevin, Kevin O'Connell's on the sideline. This freaking stadium could be on fire. And I, I want to say the other F word so bad, like that. That's <laughs> how crazy it is. Like, th- th- screw it. I'll say the fucking stadium could be on fire. <laughs> and Kevin O'Connor be like, fuck this. We're just winning this game. Anyway, I don't give mm-hmm. a shit. Like, just hurry up you know, before it uh, gets to us. Yeah. <laughs> hurry up. It's just like, yeah, I, I mean that, that is this team's defining quality mm-hmm. is that they do not give up. And it showed on Sunday afternoon and still there are people, you know, still there are people, the Vikings are two point underdogs against Dallas on Sunday. Yeah. Dallas who got burned by Christian Watson who now is the greatest receiver of all time, according to yeah. uh, Packer Nation. But, you
2: know. <laughs> Not in week one. Uh, yeah. What I think that that point spread has a lot to do with, like, the closeness of the Vikings games, because I don't necessarily think it means that, that Vegas thinks the Cowboys are going to win. I just think they're kind of trying to save face because all these Vikings games have been close, like, every week since, like, the Lions game have been been close games. Um, but, yeah, like, this, this team... It, it's got the, those feelings of the 2017 team where you're like, this team feels like it's it's destined to, to do something, especially after the, the Minneapolis Miracle. And like, I know there's a lot of time left. A lot can happen. Um, there's, yeah, there's still what they still have. Eight games to go. Um, so like yeah,
1: that, that whole 17 game schedule thing is just the yeah, worst. I had to do
2: that on my podcast too, where I was like, uh, <laughs> nine plus eight. So they still got to play, and they still got some tough matchups. They still got to play the Cowboys. Yeah. They get to play a lot of them at home, so that's at least good, uh, except for Greg Joseph. Um, they get to play, you know, the Cowboys. Uh, they got to play the Jets. You know, don't sleep on the Patriots. The Giants are pretty good this year. I don't know about the Colts yet. Uh, I thought they were going to be, uh, easy to easy team to beat but now that they won yesterday they beat the raiders but though but still like they could be frisky Lions are saturday scared bro (laughs) the lions uh you never know with lions the bears justin fields is just running everywhere they're still losing um the packers (sighs) figured out how to win yesterday but I don't know. They can win every game that the, the for the rest of the season or or they could, you know, lose a few here and there, but they they're, they're going to make the playoffs. They're going to probably definitely, not probably, definitely win the division. So they're going to get a, at least one home playoff game. Um and it's just fun. Like I think what makes me okay if they don't even make the Super Bowl this year is we didn't we didn't expect them to be like this this year. We didn't expect them to OK, maybe they sneak in the playoffs because they didn't they kept all these guys from the last two years. And they're like, we're, we're fine. We're going to do it. We got a new coaching staff. We think you guys got talent and we're going to use it. And you know what? They were right. I will happily admit that I was wrong and that this was not a good idea to roll with the, the most of the players that you missed the playoffs with the last two years. They had confidence in the guys that they have uh, in that locker room and uh, it's working pretty well. Uh, have they caught some lucky breaks yeah, but sometimes that happens especially in football like you need you 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 need luck sometimes uh to be good in the NFL like not every team is just gonna blow every team out by like 30 points um it just it doesn't happen like you're gonna have to the majority of your games in the NFL are gonna be close and if you're good in those games that 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 separates you from you know the Regular teams from the the great teams from the regular teams, so I think uh they're doing that right now. They're proving that that they can win close games and that's gonna be needed in the playoffs because those games are gonna be close, so you know they're doing a lot of good things right now.
1: The only thing that like I mean the only team that would dominate every game like by an insane amount of points is like the, what what was it the ninety eight of the years. Well, no, I, I'm thinking about the Patriots. The Patriots 07. team that was like eighteen and one.
2: Yeah, seven. Like
1: sixteen and all regular season and, and losing the Super Bowl. Or like, like the ninety nine that, Rams. It. Yeah. Like those are the teams where it's just like Mortal Kombat flawless victory throughout were your the schedule Broncos right now. Were the
2: Broncos like that with Peyton when he was throwing like fifty-five touchdowns? I feel like that it might have been like that, but and they feel went to
1: the like Bowl, they might But even the you look at those teams, you can say, "Well, look, like they're facing a backup quarterback here. They're facing, you know, yeah. this guy was hurt, this guy was banged up. You know, they won at the goal line, whatever. It, it just, I don't know. It's a little bit annoying, especially now. And like, you know, I even I was a little bit skeptical if they would have lost this game, and we're sitting here talking about a moral victory. I'd be like, okay, is this team going to learn from this, or how are they going to like? They got adversity yesterday, and they're like. Let's win the game anyway. Like, like, who cares? And I mean, Kirk Chains is the best character development since <laughs> Roman Reigns became the head of the table. Like, it is, it is phenomenal just how much more confident he looks. Because, like, at the beginning of the game, you looked at him and he was, you know, doing the Kirk special type of thing where you looked at him and you go... This is not good. He had those two interceptions early. You know, he's got his hands over his helmet trying to hear the play calls. And like, as soon as I saw that.
2: KJ Osborne.
1: Yeah. And they started showing, (laughs) they started zooming in on his face. Mm -hmm. And like, the more the game kind of progressed, he just looked calm. And Mm it, I mean, it is something when you're not going to go to the sideline and get screamed at. I mean, somebody brought this up too. It's like fourth and 18 are, you know, does Zimmer go for that? He's putting the ball away, yeah, isn't
2: he? Yeah. I don't. Uh, my idea.
1: I mean, it's on their own 26 27. Yeah. And he just like, my defense no can defense. stop them. <laughs> like, yeah, dude, uh, you need points now. Like, go for it.
2: And it feel, that's what they did. It feels like he doesn't care about his stats anymore. And that's no. great. That's great. Like, he's just like, what I'm doing right now isn't working. I'm just going to throw Justin Jefferson the ball a lot, and he's going to catch it. And we're gonna win. That's basically what he did yesterday. He threw it to Justin Jefferson, found Thielen a couple times, found TJ Hawkinson, who's becoming like his, his favorite weapon on third down. Um, like he's just like, I don't care. I don't care if I get more interceptions or whatever. I'm I'm throwing Jefferson the ball. We're gonna win this game, and that's what they did. And that's a pretty good formula to win games. Just give Jeff Justin Jefferson the ball.
1: Yeah. And it was a good idea on that play because he came down with one of the most insane catches I've ever seen. Crazy. Uh, Kirk Cousins just says, frick it and lets it fly. Uh, Another throw by Kirk, by the way, in overtime when he's getting drilled by Ed Oliver and just kind of, you know, you can see him just kind of go. But like, just he didn't even look. Yeah. It it was like a no look pass. (laughs) And, you know, I, I mean, Cousins throwing that. Justin Jefferson leaping into the air, wrestling away from Cam Lewis with one hand, by the way, and then somehow maintaining contact with the ground. And like I'm like watching it, trying to figure out like maybe Lewis had his hands on there to Mm -hmm. like make sure not that he was trying to do that. But I mean, just like kept it against his hand Mm -hmm. and then Jefferson just kind of spun it back into his own body. I remember seeing that catch live and just like looking like, where did the ball go? And I'm like, (laughs) Oh my God. Like, and like you could see the sideline jumping up and down and going crazy too, because that, you know, plays like that. Those are plays that can give your team confidence as well and go, we're not losing this game. Like, is that the best catch you've ever seen? Or if it's not like, what, what do you think is?
0: Get IP Vanish now for 70% off a yearly plan with this exclusive offer at ipvanish.com/audio.
2: It's 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 up there. I always feel like it's hard to just like have one one definitive catch cuz so many guys just make ridiculous catches every week now, so it's hard to be mm-hmm. like this catch is like the DeAndre Hopkins catch uh yeah. a couple weeks ago. That was ridiculous too. Um but this case this this catch based on like the, the scenario and everything, like it had the stakes, like it was insane. It's one of the best. Yeah, it is one of the best catches I've ever seen. I, c- I could also say like the Greg Lewis catch was one of the best, like in the just the back of the end zone, like those toe drag swag catches, a lot of Chris Carter catches. You have a lot of Rainy Moss catches against the, you know, the Cowboys, the the Saints. He had that one. Uh, I think that one hander against the Steelers. Uh, that, uh, that has that famous picture. He had a one hander against Charles Woodson. Like there's so, there's so many good catches that we've we're we're spoiled as a Vikings fans seeing all these good receivers, not good, great receivers. Um, but yeah, that's that's a ridiculous catch. People keep saying it's better than an Odell catch, and I'm just like, I think they're both just as good. Like I, it's really hard for me to be like this one's better, this one isn't. Like. They're all really good. They're all very impressive. I, I believe that the degree of difficulty on Jefferson's catch was much higher because he had someone actually like trying to rip the ball out of his hands as he was trying to get it. Um, and yeah, it was it was fourth and eighteen or seventeen, and the stakes were incredibly high. And he just went up and got it, and and with one hand, and was like, "No, this is my ball. You're you're not getting it. This is mine." Um, I even even what the one of my favorite catches is, um, the Percy Harvin catch in his rookie year playing the Packers. He catches the ball and two Packers, uh, I believe ran to each other after he hit it and he ran for a touchdown. Um, so there's just, there's a lot of, there's a lot of catches. This one's one of the best. And I'm, but I'm, I don't really have a one. I have like one A, B, C, D, E, F, G or whatever. Cause like I feel like a lot of them are very similar.
1: Like if we were like dunk contest judges and we had like the little cards yeah. or whatever, we'd both be yeah, holding 50. up yeah, for both. Yeah. yeah. They'd be perfect fifties and we'd be like, all right, you got something better for us. You know, that, that they're both in the same tier, yeah. uh, from a Viking standpoint, two of mine came from the same day. Adam Thielen's catch late in the Minneapolis miracle game. Uh, I think he broke his back on that catch.
2: He catch, um, he catch it like that the on, one? on Lattimore, like he caught yeah, it like around and I his think, back.
1: And I think that set up the four-bath field goal. Again, <laughs> that day is a little fuzzy for me for multiple reasons. <laughs> but, um, you know, him going back, having his hands up above mm-hmm. his head and coming down with it and landing on his back, that's one I remember. Uh, obviously, the Minneapolis Miracle one where Diggs has to go up and catch the ball as he's presumably thinking he's just going to get completely wrecked by uh, Marcus Williams, but he missed and he was like, there's nobody behind me. Uh, And then uh, the Randy Moss screen pass against Dallas on Thanksgiving in his rookie year. That was incredible, but I mean, it wasn't like the catch. That was was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And then I also have the one against new Orleans where it's a screen and he just goes, but I mean, as far as an actual catch goes, you know, I, I guess I'm listing plays here. That I think,
2: kind of a, I, I think of the Thielen catch against the bears on a Monday night. I think It might've been two years ago during the COVID year where he caught it with one hand and he like spun it with one. Oh hand. Yeah. You remember that one? Yeah. That I, I really remember that one too. Yep. He had one against Dallas that year as well. Yeah.
1: Um, Here's an interesting stat, too, about how good Justin Jefferson was yesterday. He was responsible for nine receptions with a sub 50 percent completion probability, according to next end stats. Uh, he had 10 catches in the game for 190 yards and a touchdown. Uh, the next closest receiver in that metric had six catches with 50 uh, percent completion po- probability or less. So Justin Jefferson is good at football. Uh, yeah. I don't
2: think I needed to yeah. tell you that he wasn't. But. He wasn't supposed to catch half of those passes.
1: Exactly. According to next end stats, which is now those computers are probably like smoking. Um, <laughs> the other topic that I have on here is reviewable plays because it was not yeah. a great day for the officials yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, hard job. I can never do it. I tried doing a powder puff uh, referee game once and like my mom always likes to bring <laughs> it up. Like you started calling penalties against the seniors. Well, if the seniors had told me I wasn't supposed to call it down the middle. I wouldn't have called it down <laughs> Listen, the middle. But
2: it was a false start. Okay, jeez. It, actually, I
1: think well, it was a late hit. <laughs>
2: that
1: I threw it on, I, and it was like you know I was just like, oh, that's a late hit, and whatever. I I don't talk to any of <laughs> them anymore. So yeah, taunting something, uh, roughing roughing the quarter illegal know. touching. Um, not a great day for the officials though. Like I said, the Vikings may have gotten away with recovering a Devin Singletary fumble. Uh, mm-hmm. that was pretty close and there was no evidence, and they called it a fumble on the field, which point Vikings. But mm-hmm. uh, Gabriel Davis also on the following or on the final drive of regulation, uh, did not catch a pass that was not reviewed in the final two minutes. That, And I hate when the NFL does this, they come out like the next day and they're like, oh, gosh, we should have stopped the play there. Why didn't you then? (laughs) Are you not the Department of Officiating? That's why you not. Do you not have a headset? Like, how does that work? Do you have like a button and like the ref just didn't hear the button or like, do you have a headset on? And like, man, you know, in hindsight, I really should have stopped that play. And, you know, all I had to say was, hey, can you stop the game in Buffalo,
2: please? Well, well, that's why they left it to the people in New York. Like they have. Yeah. The refs on the field don't even make that decision anymore. It's people in New York, you're supposed to like buzz in and be like, was the guy sleeping in New York? <laughs> like, he, he needed a bathroom break. There was so were so many
1: reviews at the goal line. He's like, yeah, oh,
2: God, I've been holding this for like two hours, man. If you're man. sleeping watching this game, then you know, you need a new job. But, uh yeah. If and Scott heard,
1: Hansen if <laughs> Scott Hansen can't take a bathroom break over like eight hours yeah, of red zone, yeah. like you should be able to like sit there and like tell people to stop the game.
2: I think I heard an absurd excuse or explanation of the Gabe Davis catch that was like, well, you know, just because it moved in slow motion or whatever didn't mean that uh it it was incomplete. And like I'm like, but it hit the ground. It doesn't <laughs> slow motion or not if it hits the ground and you lose control, that's not a catch. But yeah, it was really weird because they're like they're racing up to the line. I'm like, why are they why are they racing? The Vikings can't challenge. Like what right. I don't I know they want to get a play. It was it was really weird because it was like the final seconds of the game. It was a pretty significant gain. People were like, oh they would have gone got the field goal or whatever anyways. I'm like I, that was a 20 yard pass. And their kicker almost didn't make the field goal when they got, when they kicked it, like he hooked it right in. It was very close to, to missing because the winds were, were pretty strong. But yeah, there was that. There was, like the the TJ Hawkinson pass interference. There was a, a couple of those pass interference calls. They were pretty lenient as far as, um, I feel like one on one battles or whatever. Like they they knew there was gonna be some pushing and stuff, and they let that stuff go, which is fine. They were consistent with that. I'll give them that. But yeah, there was a lot of like. What what are you watching? But um, uh, and, and, I don't know. And
1: I will say, like everything, kind of evened out. Like the Bills got some right. calls, the Vikings got some calls. I mean, in the at the end of the day, that's what you want from an officiating crew. You don't want like you know what we saw in Washington, where the ref Roman Reigns speared uh somebody <laughs> yeah. on a touchdown or whatever it was. It's just like you don't want to see that. You want to see yeah. you know it, call it even. Like that, that was even officiating yesterday. Uh Bill Belichick. Yeah, Bill Belichick was asked if uh what he thought about the plays. Oh, yeah, we didn't even mention that. Uh the Bills had 12 players on the field uh at one point in overtime to stop the Vikings and uh they lost three yards and wound up having to kick a field goal. So if uh that had properly been called, the Vikings would have had first and goal from one. Isn't it Uh, someone's job to count? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's one like the umpire's the line job to be something. like, yeah. yeah, somebody's like twelve. Just I don't know. And
2: he's like, one, it two, was a long months. game. Maybe he was it's tired. Like Eleven, twelve. All right, they got. I, mean, I know Pam
1: Oliver play. was cold, but that's
2: kind of ridiculous. <laughs>
1: hey guys, I talked to Josh Allen today, uh, and I need she, to talk to. Uh, is,
2: uh, is she? I don't. I don't know. She. <sighs> does, she seems a lot different. Like she's 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 got to be up there in age, right? Like I, I remember. Yeah. When I was I was younger, she's been there for a while.
1: In in her defense, though, too, I actually covered a cold football game a couple weeks ago in yeah. uh, Elkton, South Dakota, and like I went to go talk to the coach, and like my face was like the same way, just like, <laughs> I hey, what do, you, what do you think about but, that but, game over the- or not?
2: Uh, and like Christmas little-
1: vacation, <laughs> where they go and they get the tree, and he's yeah. like, yeah, Kittenkin, like. <laughs>
2: I I uh I don't think that the cold had much to do with that. She's she's sounded like that for for a few years. I think something else is yeah. going on there, like old age and stuff. But whatever, she still gets the 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 interviews and stuff and gets the info and passes it along. So somebody's
1: I thought, gonna the, I thought the somebody's going to by... light up my messages like it's common knowledge yeah. or Pam something. Up.
2: Like she's what? suffering from this. Um, <laughs> I thought the play-by-play guys were actually pretty good. Um, they Joe were, Davis like, right. is awesome. Yeah, like he,
1: honestly, like he I I think that he should be number one for Fox personally, but I also know that he was doing uh baseball, baseball. as well. Yeah, and he he's awesome for that as well. He did a world series. Um his call on the Jeff yes, yep. He took over for Buck. Um yeah, I mean his call on the Jefferson catch was pretty good. The catch oh, of oh. his life.
2: His calls all day were good. Like on the the fumble, the Josh Allen fumble, and he's like just, like, freaking out. Well, speaking of freaking out, uh, Paul Allen and Pete, Pete, Pete He was incredible. all of us. They were all of oh us God. yesterday. They're like, just like, they're like, yes, he got it, a safety and they're like, wait, what? Just a touchdown?
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, that play too, it, it's like watching all the players react and, like, it's like, okay, we got a safety. Wait,
2: everybody's, like, going like this. Yeah. Wait, it's
1: in the end zone.
2: <laughs> and Eric Kendricks, he just, like, he dove in. He he didn't even. I don't even know if he was trying to get the ball, but he just dove in there immediately, and then he was just like, "Oh, the ball's here. I'm gonna recover it." Um, that that whole play, like, I'll I'll never forget that play. That that was. I just I just have goosebumps. It's never. It. It's literally never happened in the NFL. No, there's never been like they. There people keep referencing like the Herm Edwards miracle at the Meadowlands, whatever play, but that wasn't on the goal line. No that, Herb that still had to run it in. has never happened before. No one has ever forced a fumble on the goal line to go ahead in the fourth quarter and and recovered it for a touchdown. That has never happened in the history of the NFL. And it was insane. Um I ah, that was it was crazy. Uh but yeah, um officiating was not good. Yeah, it just but it was wasn't good on both sides like reviewable. you said.
1: Yeah, last thing about the reviewable plays I wanted to ask you. Bill Belichick said he thinks that coaches should be able to challenge in the final two minutes if they have <laughs> challenges remaining. What do you think?
2: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know why they don't. Like, why Why is it two minutes is special or whatever? Like, I,
1: I wonder you know. if it's like some kind of MLB pace of play thing where it's just like. Uh, the two minutes know, in a football game, are game always make the final long- two minutes
2: they're always much longer than two minutes anyways. And those are the, those plays in the two minutes are the ones you want to get right the most. So like that, that Game yes. Davis play Kevin O'Connell would have been able to challenge that. And it would have been, he would have been able to get it overturned. Um, And then we wouldn't be here like complain Like, I don't think the refs realize that like having a challenge in the last two minutes would benefit them because they would receive, you know, less criticism. They're still going to be criticized because refs, that's just part of their job. Right. But they would receive, Less criticism because they would be able to, you know, go to the video and make up for their mistakes. But yeah, definitely, I don't. It's 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 so weird, like that they're like, nope, two minutes, it's our turn. You you don't make the decisions here. Two minutes, are, you you can't do it. It's like what it doesn't make any sense. It's you like know, the most there, um, the most important time in the game. I need I need and, to the, get and get there it. could
1: be like some kind of thing like if a coach wants to challenge, like maybe New York can be like, we're not looking at this. Like it's obviously a complete pass.
2: Like. If it Open was the bills, eyes. like if it was called incomplete and it was a catch and it was the bills who did it like they're on offense, they wouldn't have rushed to the line. They would have been like, OK, let's right. take our time. And, and the officials would have looked at the video board and been like, oh, we should we should review that. That's what would have happened. But because it was, you know, they're on offense and it's or incom- uh, It was a catch. They're like, we need to hurry before like the even show a replay on the, the Jumbotron. And that's what they did. And that's how they got away with it.
1: All right. Last question for you, uh, because I got to go here. Uh, Comment, are the commanders beating the Eagles?
2: Oh, what are they favored by? Or what are the Eagles favored by? Uh, I am not sure. Uh, Let me see, let me see, let me see. 11 and a half. (laughs) Uh,
1: uh, I think it'll be a tough game, man. uh, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just because watching them last week, and it's like, this team's... Pesky. Like they're annoying. They're not good, but they're
2: annoying. They are, but it's in Philadelphia. Uh um, give
1: your thoughts and wrap it up. I gotta I gotta <laughs> go here. Right, all
2: right. No. Um no. I'm uh I'm gonna stick with the Eagles this week. Um and uh yeah, I think they'll stay undefeated. And uh they'll still hold on to the number one seed while the Vikings stick with the two seed. Um, and yeah, so the Vikings beat the Bills. They're eight and one now. The next week, they'll play with the Cowboys. We'll be back on Thursday to preview that matchup between the Cowboys and Vikings. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure to subscribe to this channel, like this video, uh, like us on Twitter, like the Viking Age on Facebook. And this, the audio version of this podcast will be available in the morning uh, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify ir wherever you get your podcast so uh be sure and go check that out uh but until thursday chris and i talk to you later